Welcome back to my podcast, Steve Vasali Study. Um, got a great guest in front of me, AJ Bunker. I've got so much to ask you about your life, about the obvious, being in Love Island, but the thing I'm really gripped and compelled by is something that is very close to my heart, which is the art of boxing. Mm-hmm. I really feel fighters, sports people, but specifically MMA fighters and, and boxers, mm-hmm. Once you like kind of understand that craft, like the mental side of it, you can transfer that into many well, many parts of your life. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to be honest. I mean, if I were to say a young, good-looking girl who's been on a very famous TV show called Love Island is now about to fight in a boxing match, I was like, no, nah, that two different worlds. But in actual fact, it's such a great thing that you're taking that leap. So anyway, long introduction <laughs> now. Oh, and I want to add... I'm taking your, uh, your 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 first uh, podcast. Um, I don't know what you call it. Pop, pop your cherry, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call it that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome on board the uh, podcast, and thank you for your time. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah. No. Thanks for having me. As I said, first podcast, taking the V plate. So <laughs> yeah, let's make it a good one. Um, so yeah, look. Let's talk about your. Um, you know, th- there's obviously you as you are now. You've got this great following. You're you're known. I mean, your 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 online footprint is fantastic. And there's lots of stuff I'm going to talk to you about. And I want to talk to you about the boxing. But there was a life before all the kind of fame and all the kind of concentration with all these endorsements and mm-hmm. going on podcasts or going on radio, etc. What was, how did life begin basically? Because I know you're from Hertfordshire, right? Yeah, so originally from Hertfordshire. Uh, I actually was a customer service manager. Um, so I was actually a customer service manager beforehand and then had a side hustle of like doing hair extensions. So going into TV and obviously going into the fight world is completely <laughs> different for what I'm used to. Um, but that was me. I worked at ASOS, um, worked my way up. Like went into customer service manager and then the last job I had before going into Love Island um, was actually working for a medical software company as a customer service manager so yeah it's a complete I don't know I've not completely changed yeah. direction really so so as a young girl in mm. Hertfordshire obviously family mum and dad uh, got brothers sisters yeah mum and dad still together two brothers um I'm the eldest of three and the only girl um so yeah I grew up with yeah Catholic household as well went to a Catholic school actually used to wear I used to actually go to church every Sunday I used to be an old server really so again probably like long white robe um incense church so yeah I think Love Island and fighting is something completely different from my Catholic days so was there any kind of like um I know, like goals or a vision in the future that you wanted to be on TV or wanted to go and strive for more? I mean, like, what was your mindset as a kid? Uh, as a kid, do you know what? Actually, um, at a super young age, I actually wanted to be a vet. And then watch an animal hospital, so obviously animals die. So you have to put them down. So actually put me off because I just love animals. So um, I did at one point want to go into acting or presenting but that was at a really young age and then I kind of I've kind of lost that um I guess when I went to school I was quite good at art so then I went down the art route um studied studied art went went to college to study art um then there was too much coursework involved and I was just I got put off and then left left college then ended up getting a job and then that's it bought a house at 20 and then stuck a mortgage so I was like right that's it I'm just gonna work and work hard and I want I love traveling so for me my goal was 
work hard, pay the mortgage off, and then travel the world, really, as much as I could. Okay, good plan. Mm. On that note of art, you're in our art studio, private mm. art gallery here in Soho. I know I haven't actually taken you next door and showed some of the pieces, but what do you think? Good, yeah. I didn't realise I was in an art studio. I forgot to, <laughs> I forgot to mention that. So, um, yeah, I'll give it. you a bit of an education later, later on after mm. this about, you know, who the artist is, etc. But, um yeah, this is the world that we're we're a part of. Um, things are going really well. We're about to move uh, space into a, a main gallery in Mayfair. Um, when we have the opening night, I'd love you to come down. Absolutely, I'd love to. Yeah? Yeah, just send me an invite and I'll be there. So, so let's talk about the obvious then. So I've had Jack Fincham, who's a good friend of mine. He's been on my podcast and um, he talked to, he spoke quite deeply about the ups and downs of like being on TV. Mm-hmm. Um there's someone that's not been in my podcast, but someone that is, I feel like sort of almost touching distance, who I've tried to get on the podcast a few times and eventually, hopefully he will. Someone like Tommy Mallet. Now he's not on, hasn't been on Love Island, but I've always said the same thing about sort of reality TV or TV in general. Yeah. Like you can use it as a platform to either make you mm. or it can break you. Mm-hmm. And Jack actually admitted there was a point where he was flying mm-hmm. after you know, after the show, but then, you know, sometime after he found himself becoming very depressed. Mm-hmm. He admitted, you know, he was on a lot of drink and stuff yeah. and lo- lost his way. But then you find other people kind of mm. like how, how you're doing things now, you know, you're, you're taking your brand and redirecting it elsewhere. Mm. So he said to me when he won, you know, the show, he mm. said that he was standing like round, a building and the guy said right when you turn this corner there's going to be loads of people waiting for you mm-hmm. he said the moment you step out of here your life is going to change mm-hmm. and that's all he said and he said steve it literally changed i went in there as a normal guy mm-hmm. i came out and everybody knew who i was for, mm-hmm. for good or bad your experience mm-hmm. like let's say quote unquote coming from a normal background mm-hmm. going in there and then coming out how has your life changed uh, yeah, no, it has changed. I think because I didn't win it and I didn't become a finalist, I probably don't have as much, you know, probably of what Jack 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 experienced. Because when you're a finalist, you know, you you you've been there for that long time, so the public, you've been there longer. Um, but it does change you. Well, I recognise, like today, for instance, I went to Specsavers, and <laughs> they just they recognise me. They want photographs, you know, and it's 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 a really lovely feeling. Um, I think for me, I stayed true to myself. I was my, probably one of the most genuine people in there. So probably why I didn't see so well, because I, I, if I didn't have a connection, you're not going to just force something. Um, probably why, you know, I, I was only there for a week. So obviously you're on a big show. Um, you are noticed when you come out. But, I, you know, I haven't had, I guess I haven't got millions of followers. So it's not for me. You know, it's, it's changed my life in terms of you get noticed. Um but I can leave and go to the shops and not, you know, not feel like I'm going to get papped every time I go. So for me, I'm, I think I'm in quite a fortunate position where I've got a following. Um, people see me for who I am. I stay true to myself. Um, and um, yeah, coming out, um, you know, you get recognised. Um, but I've, I've had nothing but good reception. I mean, you, apart from trolling, that's my. I think that's for me the worst part of it, about it. Um, the trolling you get. Um, so other than that, then, you know, I've, I think for me, when I went in, I went in with the intentions of, you know, I don't mind if I don't find fame, I'm not going in to get brand deals. Um, I'm genuinely going in there for an experience and hopefully find someone. And for me, it's like, if that doesn't happen, then it's not, it's not the end of the world. For me, I live life 
from experiences I just want really good stories to tell my grandkids when I grow old one day so and be able to say I've tried everything um experience things um so for me it was like I'm just like riding you know I'm just like to see what happens see what comes from it and I think that's a good outlook you can't go in there expecting you know things because it might not happen so for me I went in there with a very open mind of you know, I'm going in there with genuine intentions and then what will be, will be. So I think from that, that's why I'm just, I'm not disheartened if I'm not got brand deals or, you know, things. Because I'm for me, it's just like, let's see what opportunities come. Um, and for me, I was happy with my life before. It wasn't like I went in there to change my life. So um, for me, it's just went in there, see what happens, F- try to find love. If don't happen, then at least it was an experience that you can say, not many people say can, they've done. So, yeah. yeah. Do you know, like, even if you was in there right to the very, very end, mm. I mean, finding love in that time period, do, mm. you, do you think Do you think that was, like, even a possibility? I think it is. I think, in, I think what you don't, people don't understand is in that environment, you're literally with someone 24-7, like, 24-7. So in the outside world, say you go on a date and you're dating someone for two months, you probably see them once, once a week mm. in those dating stations. So that's, what, eight times in a month, but you, technically it's two months. Whereas you're spending every single waking hour and day with someone in there. So if you have got a connection with someone, I can see why it builds. And because it's such an environment where it's just you and that person, I can see that, you know, it could potentially happen, but you need to have that person in there that is right for you, I guess. And you have to, have, you need to have genuine intentions. So um, I'm hoping that the couples that, you know, and I think the couples that obviously are still together now, that that's, that shows. So yeah. I think, just from memory, reading online, was there anyone that you, you sort of hooked up with? Hugo, was it? Uh, yeah, I was with Hugo. Um, coupled up with Hugo, but it obviously didn't work out. So, um, yeah, I think I think my time in there, he was like, the thing for me is I was 28. A lot of the guys were a lot younger. They were 21, 22. Even Hugo was 24. So, for me, uh, in the outside world, usually... Um, I've always dated guys my age or older um, going in there I was like very open minded I was like if you have a connection with someone if you get on well with someone try not to let age phase you but I find with the conversations I'd have with the 21, 22 year olds you know they haven't got the life experience I had I've, so I bought a house at you know a young age and uh, I've, you know it's just it's, it's just I've travelled quite a bit so there, for me it was, there were certain things that were missing in terms of like you know compatibility and, yeah. and life experiences so and as I said I'm not going to just force myself onto someone who's 21 and I'm 28 it's not realistic for me and as I said because I went there and genuine if I wanted to play a game and wanted to you know make sense yeah cool yeah, pick a 21 year old but I wouldn't be trying, staying true to myself if I did that yeah mm. I'm not here to interrogate. I'm actually mm. here just like I'm genuinely like kind of like really, really interested in more yeah. like the psychology of it and everything else. Mm. Um, there was there were talks once upon a time ago in Croydon, there was going to be a reality TV like the Heights of Croydon or something. Mm. And I remember loosely someone saying to me, would you go into it? Someone mm. offered it to you. And I actually, like a lot of my mates were like, nah, I'm too cool for that. I'm not going to do that. Mm. And I went, no, oh, fuck it. I'll do that. Yeah. And I was like, why? Why do you want to be? It's not, I said, it's not about being famous. I just think that if you're known, hence why I'm doing this podcast, mm. right? I feel that if you're known mm. and people do know you, and some people are going to like you, some people mm. are not going to like you, but there are going to be a demographic that are going to tune into what you do. Yeah. And then if you've got a bit of a business on the side of that, yeah. you can convert them to followers. Mm-hmm. 
buyers, investors, uh, whoever. And I think you can capitalise on that. I don't Mm. think just doing it for fame's sake is Mm. necessarily always the right reason. Maybe, I don't know. But for me, it was to try and convert. So going back into like the the house, yeah? Mm -hmm. There's obviously... Not you, but like there were pe- people getting it on and stuff. I mean, is that <laughs> is that genuine? Are they absolutely, or is that all just for show? Is that all for the camera? No, no, they are. They're, they're, like honestly, I'd be in bed at night and you'd just hear like them going out. Yeah, <laughs> I will. I wore earplugs. I, I literally have to sleep with earplugs, anyways. But luckily, I brought them with me. I bought about fifty pairs. But no, I genuinely think like obviously, you know, you can't fake being intimate with someone mm. and that was genuine I think that that is genuine stuff that happens but so. do you know like this is like this is uh, do you know like I'm a father right mm. I've got two young young sons mm. and um it's probably different for me because I've got and I'm being very stereotypical here mm. like if I had daughters yeah I'd be like like I'm actually in a way very very glad I didn't have daughters because I'll be I, I just know I'll be anxious all mm. the time but anyway if I had um daughter on the show i'd be like a little bit sort of nervous about it you know one because your feelings could get hurt you Mm -hmm. could find love then lose love there could be someone trying to put themselves onto you or there might be a moment of madness where Mm. you do something crazy and i don't know do do the parents say anything do your parents said said anything to you or well for me i spoke obviously i spoke to my parents before going on there and I, as I said, I grew up in a Catholic in a Catholic household, so for me, I was never going to have sex on TV. I'd never, I'd always have that in the back of my my mind. I would never do anything like that because I feel like it absolutely traumatised my parents. So, um, but I think, I think for me, I think and my parents, I think they know that I've I've, I've gone through relationships. As I said, I'm 28. I'm not like a child. I've just, I've, I've had long-term relationships I've gone through breakups I've been cheated on I've had I've honestly my dating history is I could write a book on it honestly I the tales of just how unfortunate like my life like unfortunate dating past um so I think from they know I'm quite strong I'm quite strong at that and I know I can handle myself and I'm quite resilient when it comes to that but I think they obviously are worry about you, you of course you're going to worry about seeing your daughter get heartbroken or upset um, I think for them the main thing was they didn't want to see anything like sexual stuff happen on TV but they never have to worry about that because it's just not <laughs> I'd, I was celibate for two years before that as well so I hadn't I was like you know it's my first time going to be on TV probably not <laughs> you know after not having it for so long mm. so um, yeah it's um, I think for them they were just like I think they are a bit more worried about trolling or what I had a really good job they are like what if you know you know what? 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 What if you 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 leave a job and you know it doesn't work out, or you know things like that? I think they that the more of the work side and profession side is what they're concerned about, rather than you know me getting hurt by a guy because they know that I'm quite strong yeah. and I know what I want and I'm not going to be messed around. I've been messed around and learned from my lesson, like past lessons. So yeah, I'm very good at <laughs> looking after myself. So do you know like? When you audition, so Jack has told me his rendition, but he's he's obviously a male, yeah. Mm. So so maybe the psychology might be slightly different yeah. for a female. What was it like, kind of auditioning, going through that process? Um, so I applied, um, and when you apply, you go through, you, you just fill up this form. That's oh God, I can't remember how many pages it was, but it's a lot. It's a lot of questions. Uh, first 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 bit is a casting call with a 
cast and producer. Uh, then after that, I think goes on to a call of an assistant producer, and then it's on to the final call of the execs. So it's just like I think from my time it was different because it was during COVID, so everything had to be d- done via webcam or through video calls. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think back in the day they used to do it in person. Um, but yeah, so it was quite good because you could be in your home environment, so it made you feel at ease. And you just be you, you just be you, and you just tell them about yourself, what you're about, mm. what you're looking for. And I think that's the main thing for anyone who is going to apply or wants to apply, just be yourself because they can see through it. They can see, and they're, they're going by your personality. That's what they're picking you for. Like, obviously, yeah, there's got to be some sort of like looks at, te- but they're looking for specific people that are going to bring something or might match with people. So you just got to be yourself, really. Well, I, I, like, I'm no expert, yeah, yeah. but I'm, I'm from, from I'm from when Big Brother started, yeah? Yeah. And I remember <laughs> there was a girl, so I went to an all-boys school, but there was a girl's school basically next to it, mm. Langley Park Boys, and there was Langley Park Girls. Yeah. And one of the girls in there, a few years above me, actually won it, a girl called Kate Lawler. Okay. And she's now used her platform to become a DJ. And okay. she's actually quite a good example mm. of like using that platform and pushing on to like different things. Definitely. I believe she, she still does it. But it seems to be that anyone on the reality TV have all got this big, strong personality. So mm. I can tell straight away when you walk through the door. <laughs> obviously, you've got the look. But then what comes... Oh, with- I'm sweating today. <laughs> God, no. what, what comes with that look... You need to, you can't have the look and then be yeah. a bit of a melt. You've mm. got to be the look and then also a strong personality because mm. otherwise it doesn't work. So, mm. so I get it. What would you say has been like your best moment on Love Island? Best moment on Love Island? Because you know what? My, this, this, my memory is awful. Best memory, probably. Um, Oh, this, that's a good question. Best memory. Do you know what? I like the cat challenge. I like the challenge where you had to dress up. <laughs> it was weird. It's weird. Like, I tried to dress up as a cat. I don't know if you watched it, but basically the girls had to do like a, a, a cat dance with <laughs> the guys. Right. For me, it's because it's just something, again, just, it's so weird. It's so out there. It's something you never... Do you know where can you, where you ever in this normal world could ever say, but I had to dress up as a cat. Yeah. Then had to... Was in a giant milk bowl. Had to dance in a giant milk bowl, and then you know it's just for me, and that's it. Like just doing weird things and like weird experiences and just saying stuff I can do. So I think for me, it was that was good. Um, and maybe just walking in there as well, like that feeling. For me, like I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie, and that feeling of like going in there, like you're nervous, you're anxious, but you've got these this mad rush of adrenaline and excitement. Um. So nothing will ever take that feeling away. That that for me is just this is this is a pinch me moment. This is actually happening. So, and and it is as soon as you you're, you're out there with all the production, and then you walk into that villa, and then that's it. You're in this new world. That yeah. and unless you've been there, like you, you don't even. Yeah, it's just, it's an amazing experience and, and feeling. And thinking back to that, that's something that's always going to stay with me. It's just that feeling. And on the flip, would mm. you say there was a the worst moment in there? Um, I think the worst, one of the worst moments is, I think naturally as a bombshell, you go in there, you do feel a bit isolated. So it's not that it was the worst moment. I think in there, I was a little bit anxious. I would have liked to have more time um, because when you're a bombshell, it takes time for people to warm to you. It takes time for the public to warm to you. So, you know, your your personality to come through. So for me, I don't even think I was a full extension of my, like full version of myself because when you first go in there, you're so nervous and you're anxious. So it's hard to just be natural and just be like crazy self because 
I'm a little bit more of a live wire than how I was on the show. It was me, obviously, but I was a little bit more reserved. Um, and probably the worst part is probably uh, obviously getting booted off. And I think it was quite an unfair um, way because it was it was like basically it was, yeah, it was the girls were in the bottom three, the boys were in the bottom three, and then it was down to the Islanders' vote. Right. Um, and obviously <clears throat> the Islanders are going to keep who they've had in there and been built friendships with and had them there longer rather than the new person that's been there for a few days. So I thought it was a bit of an unfair uh, way to the, go. To the, so I'd rather have been the public vote than that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay, so a couple of things about this subject. Yeah. yeah. So going in, normal person, did you have Instagram before going in? I did, yeah. How many followers do you think you had? Uh, I had about like... Uh, about 1,000, maybe one, one and a half thousand. So now you're over 100,000, mm. blue ticked, mm. and that is a fantastic thing, mm. but it comes with obviously res- responsibility. Mm. And like you said, there's trolls, haters, and people that just try and upset you just because they're fucking idiots. Oh, yeah. um, what, you know, seeing that going from like, you know, a normal account to a mm. sensational account overnight, and mm. I always say the same thing to people like Instagram social media now isn't just social media. It's actually a business platform because mm. if you've got a hundred thousand followers mm. and you're recognized mm. as a quote unquote celebrity or a yeah. profile or an influencer, mm. you can actually start monetizing that. Mm. And I think that's a fantastic thing. So what was that? What was that like? That feeling like going, going in there and then coming out like, wow, like I've got fucking a lot of people following me. Yeah? Um, do you know what? When I first came out, I actually didn't come out to a massive following because the show changed my name, so no one could actually find me on Instagram. So it grew over time. So I think, obviously, now it is over hundred. So it is, it is, it's great. But um, well, actually, it was still, it was still massive, big following to from what I went in with. Um, but it is mad. It was, to me, it was like the the messages that like I got a lot of nice messages as well as bad messages, and it is crazy to think like, oh my god, these people are invested in me and they're. You know, it's just like, wow, you know, it's, it's, it's madness, really. It is madness that you come out and it's like, oh, people... Know you. Know, yeah, know yeah. you. And it's the same when you walk in the street. I think I've once like, had, like, crowds of people wanting photos. And it's like, you just want a photo? You want a photo of me? Like, why? That's just mm. such a weird, a weird thing. Because to me, I've not changed. <laughs> so I'm just like, huh? <laughs> I'm a little bit confused by it still. So it's like, you know, when I'm, when I'm out, in the, like, as I said, in Specsavers today, it's like... You know, people people winning the pictures, and I'm like, I'm just going for an eye appointment, and it's, yeah. it's such a lovely feeling because everyone's so nice. But I just been like, oh, you want photos of me? It's such a such a it's, it's still still to this day, it's quite, still quite strange for me. Yeah. Could you share any like positive messages versus negative messages? And one of the reasons why I say mm-hmm. this is because I mean Jack, I love him to pieces because he was such an open book and he was yeah. so like forthcoming with his mindset on stuff and mm. he said to me he said when you come out of there i mean he's got like what 1.9 million mm. followers or something he said even when you're alone you're never really alone no. and he said watch this and he'd done a live demonstration he went mm. to his dms and he found a dm mm. clicked on the dm mm. and it said someone said to him them shoes with them jeans and that top who do you think like it's ain't like who yeah, do you think you are you, you look like a wanker and literally i had gone to leicester square to mm-hmm. meet him Let's just square Piccadilly, mm. walk back, and in that time period, someone had sent, sent him a, a message and was trying to basically insult him. And he yeah. said, This is what happens. Yeah. 
He said, there are nice messages, but there are people that throw jibes at you. So, like, yeah. having that constantly, whether it's good or bad, mm. like, could you share just some of the insights on oh, that? Oh, God, yeah, I'll give you a few examples. And this and this is how it just the contrast. So, I think I put a story up the other day. Um, I was sitting in my car, and someone replied, like, replied back to the story going, I hope you crash. Um, but then... You'd get, a, you know, the next message above that would be from a young girl that's like, you're a massive inspiration to me. So, and, you know, I love you and I love, you know, I love seeing you on Love Island and I love seeing what you're doing now. So it is, um, it is mad. And you just got, you got to try to be resilient, but it's mad that people are so invested in you to want to, that there's two different spectrums that people are so like, I, I've got messages where I think there's one girl, there, well, not one girl, there's, there's girls out there that'll be like, I love you and I'm, I love you. Like, and it's like, that's so nice, but... And, and you're like, they're so invested and they're, they're, they're such a big support and they, you know, they love you for who you are. But as I said, you get the haters, you do get trolling. Um, and I've had some really bad trolling messages. As I said, people telling you to die. Um, I said that guy the other day saying, I hope you crash. Um, and, and just, you know, people just saying about your looks and stuff. So it's, you've got to be resilient and you've got to try to look at the good rather than the bad. But... Yeah, if you're having a bad day, just try not to look at the DM, basically. <laughs> no I was going to ask you, I mean, it, it probably really is nice when you're getting really nice messages. Mm. I mean, look, I've not got a huge following in comparison mm. to you uh, on, on Instagram and stuff, but I do get occasionally, well, I say occasionally, quite frequently now, say, so I'll watch your podcast, really enjoyed it, and say mm. really, really nice things. And occasionally I might get some wanker that says sank, sank which is quite sort of, undertone trying to like slag me off yeah and i just can't be bothered and, and block them and just delete them but with yourself like how do you how do you block out emotionally from 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 your mind as well like these 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 haters and trolls so i do you know what i'm just quite resilient um and i've got luckily for me you've got you've got you've got to know yourself basically i know myself i know i'm a good person i don't i try and be a good example and i'm trying to be good all the time i never i never try insult people or try to be a bad person so when people are hating or trolling me i'm just like you are literally just doing it for the sake of being a dickhead and trolling do you know what I mean? it's not i know i'm a bad i'm not a bad person i know i'm a good person i know i'm i i i i, I I'm not a bad person. So that's why I try to be resilient to it. And it's just, I think it's quite sad when people are like that. It's like, you're really investing time out of your day to message me. I think, and I think actually who that kind of, that kind of person, I feel sorry for them because if you have that much hate and you feel like that and you're, you don't, you have the time of the day to look at, just hate on someone. What's that say about you? So I just feel like, I feel a bit sorry for them. And I'm trying, you just, you've got to be resilient to it. Um, but anyone who goes into that kind of show, you just got to expect it, and you have to you have to be resilient. And you've got to be mm. a strong willed person because, you know, if you're not, then you you ain't gonna be cut out for this world because you're gonna get hate. And the bigger your following gets, the more hate you get. That's it. That's how I have to see it as well. De- de- definitely. Um, Aaron Chalmers is another one of my, my one of my friends. I actually mm. sparred him and, and, and <laughs> yeah, box with him because we we boxed down the same uh, club called Boxing Booth. Really lovely guy, mm. a great podcast with him, great episode. Obviously, it was on Geordie Shaw. And you know, the fucking, like, even now, I could pick up my phone and I guarantee you there would be a, there would be a comment on the podcast that we've done with him. Yeah. And a lot of the time it's nice, but then there's mm. going to be some, some hatred on there. And anyone's got a pretty big profile I've interviewed, yeah. it's the same, especially if that person's outspoken and they got a view on something. Mm 
people see it's like they've got like they're insecure themselves mm. and the only way they can feel superior yeah. is by just saying their view but in a really horrible nasty way yeah. and it's like it gives them a they feel like it gives them a one up yeah almost. i feel like it gives them i don't know it gives them some sort of satisfaction significance and, yeah. and, and makes them significant but that's why you don't give i try not like you can't give into i don't respond because that's what they want. You know, want, they want they want to try. Like they probably they have a fight. yeah, they want to have a fight, or they see you, and it's it's either jealousy or hate. And you know, if you're going to retaliate, then they're kind of winning. So you just got to carry on doing you, and it's just going to probably annoy them more because you're just living your life, being happy, yeah, and just not let this stuff phase you. Um, and as I said, it, I just think as you said, what kind of people have the time of their day to just hate on people for no reason when you've got you've done nothing wrong? Mm. You know, so I'm just like, you know, it's just, that's a reflection on them. They just think sad lives they live yeah. <laughs> really on, on the note of like the trolling and it's like the mental health conversation mm. we're having here okay mm. and i know this next part you're not necessarily an expert in but i want to ask you because you were a candidate on love island mm. so obviously people like big mike sophie got uh is it grandon yeah and then obviously caroline flack mm-hmm. uh, lewis burton uh, has been on my podcast he's a really good friend mm. of mine love him to pieces he's a fantastic guy and I obviously asked him the same question because he was dating her at the time. Yeah. Like, these people have gone on to the same show you're, you're on before your time as well, and, mm. and, and they've passed, you know, yeah. they've taken their own lives. Like, obviously you knew that when you are going mm. on there. Now I've got to know you in a mm. very, very short time. Like, I've mm. got to know you for about 45 minutes <laughs> yeah. now. I, I feel like I know you personally. Mm. You're definitely strong. Mm. You're very resilient. Mm. And I know you just kind of don't give a fuck at all <laughs> which is which is a great mm. trait to have but even the strongest people in the mm. world yeah. there are chinks in our course, armor you know something can get to you yeah but knowing that three people at back at back off the back end of that show have died mm. like has that ever crossed your mind and have you ever taken a view on it um so for, for me i think fortunately with the season I was on, I feel like ITV did all but made sure that this wasn't happening again. I think they put people that are, they, well, you had to do psych tests before. You have to do all your auditions, but on top of that, I had to do two meetings with a psychiatrist who would do these mental health checks on you and they'll ask you questions. So, so I guess they're, they're testing whether you are resilient and strong and you do have a welfare team and you get given a psychiatrist after Love Island, after Love Island as well. So you know you're supported. Um but obviously it's still a concern because no one can ever prepare you for, as you said, what you're going to come out to. They do, they tell you, they tell you what is, and they say, you've got to be strong, you've got to be resilient, you're going to, you're going to get trolled, you're going to get this. They do, and they do, they do pre-warn you about that. You know, they, I remember when I left, they, um, they made us watch like, like presentations on how to like deal with the outside world, basically. So I guess maybe with my season, they probably learned from their past mistakes, um, but then, as again, again, as you said, you still don't know. You, someone from my season still might still be feeling like that. And you just never know. That's why people always should be try to be kind because you don't know what people are going on. What have people? You know, you don't know what people have got going on behind closed doors. Fortunately for me, I've got really, really support friends and family, and um, you know, try try not to let too much face. <laughs> I'm just in tunnel vision, just in my own little bubble. I think. <laughs> Um, and try not to let things get to me but yeah of course it's a concern and I think you don't want people don't want to be hated I think for me like for me I, I just I want to do good and I want to I want you want to be liked as well you know so when you're not a bad person it is just like I mean what have I done wrong and for me as I said when I came out what I got trolled for I didn't even expect what did you get trolled for uh f- like looking old <laughs> 
Old. Yeah, looking old. So I got um, a lot of my trauma was like I look like a granny or I'm too old, and what? you know, and it's something I didn't even didn't even cross my mind. I thought there's so many things. What I could looking be, old? That's, that's yeah, little... and being yeah, and I was just like, there's so many things I could have been trolled for. I thought, and that's the thing. Before going to that show, I picked at myself. I really picked at myself. I had lots of stuff stuff done to my face because I was so so like, oh, what are they going to pick on? What are the public going to pick on? And then. Um, you come out and yeah, the things that get picked on is just like looking old and looking, you know, like a granny and stuff. So you're just like, didn't even see that come in. Didn't even expect that. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, what the hell? I'm only tw- I was 28. You know, I'm not even old. Maybe then then is that the show's fault? Because I was one of the, I was old compared to the others, to be fair, because they were all like 21, 22. So maybe that's why as well. There, there wasn't enough maybe guys of my age in there, but... I, I didn't pick the lineup. I didn't pick the cast. So, mm. you know, why am I why am I getting trolled for something I can help? And I didn't, mm. you know, I didn't I didn't pick I didn't decide who was going in there. So yeah, yeah but it's mad. When I was doing my like a bit of research on like I do with all my guests, mm. I went on to the Love Island website and like I was looking at every single person that had been on there, and mm. it's like every person looks like they're perfect. Like they literally do. They look like they're carved out. Mm. They look like they're beautiful mm. or handsome and they've got mm. the best bodies ever. And you can kind of see like the public per- perception, like these mm. people are like Greek gods mm. or goddesses mm. and they're, they're, they're on such a this pedestal that if you are insecure or yeah. you do feel bad about your own life, you kind of want to start maybe saying stuff. And I think, mm. again, like am I taking a bit of a sort of, uh, not a bias, but like not even a sexist point of view, but like, if you're a female on now, and maybe you are encouraged to be a bit more sexual, mm. like even on your, your 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 social media. Listen, if I had your body and I was a female, <laughs> I'd be doing the same thing. Yeah. You know, but that comes with a price tag. You know, mm. if you're going to look in a certain way and pose mm. in a certain way, mm. that's brilliant for business and brilliant mm. for endorsing stuff. But then at the same time, mm. you are going to get arseholes that are yeah. going to come after you. That's it. And you got to just expect it. And that's why you got to stick with doing the things. Don't ever feel pressured I, you know, if I want to do something, it's because I want to do it for myself. Or yeah. obviously, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, no matter what price, would, I would never get naked. I wouldn't do things like that. So, you know, that's why you got to just stick to who, true, be true to who you are. And then whatever hate comes your way, it's just. On that note, yeah. have you ever, uh, I was not even going to ask you this, but you just treat something. Um, <laughs> All right. I, I, I met, so Megan come over here as mm. well with, with Jack, mm. and I was chatting to her for a little while. And if you're listening, Megan, you've not stuck to your part of the bargain coming on my podcast, but that's another conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, um, OnlyFans. Mm. That must be such a, um, a tempting thing. I'm not saying for you, mm. but I'm going to be honest. If I was a female, yeah. I, our head of operations over here, she's mm. not here today. She's yeah. called Lauren, right? And I speak to her all the time about this. I'm like, you could go to a strip club right now and you could start earning some serious money. Yeah. Like serious money. Mm-hmm. And then there is a gateway, which is a bad gateway to the other life, yeah. which is full of problems, mm. I, I believe, but people choose to take that line. Or you could do OnlyFans or you could do whatever. Ever. That, not a bit tempting or ever cross your mind to do like OnlyFans? No, not for me, no. Just as, do you know what? And I don't, I don't, I've got girls, mates who do it. Um, and I do, like just said, I do laundry. But to think, I was talking, you know, I was talking to someone about this. I'm not going to mention names, but and they were saying how much you could make. And I, mean, I, guess, I think maybe it's like making up like three hundred grand. Oh, 
ridiculous. Yeah, yeah you can make serious cash. Um, I think there's a fine line though, because I think what this, this specific person was telling me is like you start with an OnlyFans and you can start with lingerie, um, but then, you know, what, is your audience going to want more? Um, and if you're not getting them more, are they going to start dropping off? And then are you, do you get too addicted to the cash that you, you know? And when, for me, it's like, well, I do I want to put myself in situations if, to feel like maybe I want to, you know, go, go down a path that maybe I don't want to go down. Um, as I said as well, like obviously I grew up with a, a Catholic household, in a Catholic household. So I think I don't judge girls that do OnlyFans because it might just be lingerie, but... I guess you don't know what's going on. So the, just the name only fans, it's like, you, yeah, it could be laundry, but there could be so much more there as well. So I don't know what perception my parents would have of me with that. So it's just, mm. I always I always try to think about, do you know I mean, how my, my parents yeah. would see that. So I put myself in their, their position again. Like, mm. <laughs> listen, if I felt I was going to earn 200, 300 grand mm. a month uh, by getting naked, mm. I'll probably think you about it, it quite, quite You can still do an OnlyFans. I'm thinking about it right yeah, now, actually. This is actually so you me. don't have to be a woman to do OnlyFans. This, this is me way. actually subtly asking you whether I should do it. <laughs> well, let's see a bit of the body and then... Uh... <laughs> uh, let, let me get back into my tra- my training camp and then I'll, then I'll take up more top. <laughs> um, no, do you know what? And I think that's it. I think it just stays sticking to your, like, who you are and what, you, what I guess what you're willing to do for, for money or... Mm. And, and and what you're comfortable with, um, you know, you know, I could probably just do laundry pictures and there. But as I said, I think it was just it's just this conversation I have with that particular person, and then them saying that it could lead to more because and where's a fine line because you know you start seeing this money come in, then you know if it's just laundry pictures, you know, and your if your subscribers want more and you're not giving them more, then they might stop subscribing, and then you might feel pressured to be like, oh, well, I know how much I can make, and then. Is it going to be a snowball effect of right now? I'm going to end up doing other things, and that that, that wor- that's what worried me really. Yeah. Um, but you know, I put I put laundry pictures up on my Instagram, so you know, it's not, that's that's where that conversation started with my friend. They were like, "You do it, you do it," and yeah, you're probably making money from the brand or whatnot. But you could do that on OnlyFans, and you could make serious money. But yeah, I think I think, and I'm really really inconsistent as well. I wouldn't be able to post all the time. I'd be awful. I'd forget. I'd, I'd probably neglect it as well. I'm awful. I'm awful with my socials. So let alone what I'd be like with OnlyFans. So um, yeah, but it's um, but yeah, no, I don't judge anyone who does it because I think it's obviously that's people's like what people want to do is their hustle. But yeah, yeah, for me, it's just um, it's just never even a thing. And I think as well, like I I saw uh, there was a girl from Hollyoaks. I, I can't remember what her name was, but she was an actress. And she got fired for being on for, for starting an OnlyFans account. And for me, um, you know, I I I don't ever want to shoot myself in the foot by doing something if with where I want to go in the future because I don't know where I want to go in the future. So I don't want to do something that might be yeah. like it might make a you know have a, an effect on what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. I don't. That's and I'm always thinking that. I've always sort of think, you know, <laughs> as well. You know, if I want kids one day in the future, you know, is there, there going to be certain things I don't want them to see or um, if there's certain jobs, are they is they are they going to judge me for having an OnlyFans? And I, I always think about, I guess, that big picture when I, you know, so although it's very tempting, I hear how much money you can make in it. For me, I'm just like, uh, I'm just going to just, yeah, just embracing what I'm doing now. On the note of money, right, mm. and opportunity, steering away from the the whole uh, OnlyFans, I'm, all, I'm always intrigued to see like, where the reality TV, 
TV people mm-hmm. go. I mean, again, I'm looking at someone like Tommy Mellet and I think, oh, he's done so well. Like, yeah. I really admire how he's... Because I met him uh, many years ago, before even his shoe brand was a thing. And mm-hmm. I was having this conversation. I think back then he was drinking. He, he doesn't drink now. And he's got this fantastic brand and he's got a family. Mm-hmm. It seems like things are really working out yeah. for him. But he, he's been on his game and, and I really like that about mm-hmm. people. Um, but I like to look at, you know what opportunities they're taking mm. up and their net worth. And mm. according to this news unzip, they're saying that you're worth three quarters of a million dollars up to a million dollars. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty good. <laughs> what have you gone into then? Like what sort of stuff have you done? And is that is that accurate? Three quarters of a million people, dollars? I don't know where people get those those figures from, but um the thing is with me, before Love Island, <clears> I had <throat> I was in property. Do you know what I mean? I had so is that is they 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 got that some from my properties yeah. or they got that some from, you know, have they seen my savings? Like you know, because it's not like I didn't have money before I went into Love Island. So um, I'd love to know where they get those facts from and those figures from. It's literally on News Unzip. <laughs> I, I looked at yeah, it. Yeah, where like, do they get that? Where do they find this information? Who knows? <laughs> um, so yeah, that's a bit of a weird one. Like I, I, I mean, you know, you know, as I said, like for me, it's. I had money before, so it's like it's not. I don't know how much I had before, but I mean, it's. Uh, as I said, I had I had I bought a house when I was twenty, so it's good. I don't know if they they they've got those figures from that. They or, might have factored that into. Yeah, I'm not knows. sure. God, yeah. Lord knows. So, um, yeah, it's um, yeah, it could be because of that. Um, you know, I I. So you do brand endorsement deals and stuff now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so underwear we, 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 and stuff. Yeah, you collab with brands. Um, the thing is, I don't just do one particular thing. So even when, since coming out, I'll, obviously I'll do the influencing side. Um, I still kept my, um, just kept doing hair extensions because that's what I did before. I did not not love my job before. I, obviously I left my nine to five because this world you live in now, you can't do a nine to five and then balance everything else. Um, if I could still do that job, I'd st- I still would do it on the side because I, li- I love the people I worked with. Um, but with the hair extension site, I did want to still continue doing that because I can work that around my everything else. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's, you know, I'm, I've got my fingers in a few different pies. So, okay. yeah, it's like there's stuff people see on the outside and there's things in the, behind the scenes that people don't see. So, yeah, yeah it's uh, that's why I'm like, where do they get those figures from? <laughs> and who's been doing their spying or who's been, uh, you know... Where, where do they get this information from? <laughs> I mean, listen, I've, I've read some mad stuff, mm. even about myself uh, on online and with, and it's just complete fucking yeah. made up stuff. Anyway, let's talk about something I'm really excited about, which is the boxing. Yeah. We're on the 12th, so you're fighting on the 16th. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. My dad would say, if he was here interviewing mm. you, AJ... Why the fuck is a beautiful girl like you <laughs> fighting? Because he would say that. Yeah. He's a typical old school man. Yeah. And he wouldn't understand it. Mm. But why are you fighting? I mean, why Why would you, out of all people, step foot in a boxing ring? Because originally it was actually going to be MMA, right? Well, do you know what? Originally, originally, it was going to be boxing. Okay. Then that got postponed. Then I went into MMA. Then that got postponed. And that's what brought me back to boxing. Because um, that was on Sleb MMA. Sleb MMA. I mentioned then, to you that I interviewed Andrew yeah, Henderson, the fr- freestyle footballer. Yeah. There was obviously James Locke on there, James English. There was mm-hmm. a bunch of others. Oh, there's loads. And, and yeah. it's uh, Josh Myers. Josh Myers, who, yeah. Who's been on my podcast as well. Oh, no and st- yeah, I was watching it for ages thinking, right, these guys are going to get on soon. And then mm. 
bang, it sort of just fizzled out. Yeah, I'm fuming. It I'll just seems like, um, you know what? It seems, it's great in one way. Like, I don't know whether it was because of Jake Paul, Logan Paul, KSI, even Conor McGregor going from MMA to boxing. It's kind of stimulated mm, all this mm-hmm. stuff from 2017 to where we are now. Yeah. But it seems like everyone wants to fucking fight. Yeah. It's like... It's bat- massive now. I don't know why it's gone massive. It's like, they just love seeing people fight. <laughs> you know Wicked and Bad, which yeah. is run by a mm-hmm. bouncer. Yep, yep. Like, like, he's got his own thing going on. Mm-hmm. And I've seen another version of that over here. And it mm. does seem like just everybody likes mm. to tune into a good, a good fight. Good scrap, yeah. 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 So, so why the hell are you getting, <laughs> getting yourself into a scrap? Well, do you know what? So what originally got me into it back when Boxstar approached me was actually end of last year, I was probably drinking way too much. I was in a bit of a downward spiral because you get invited to all these events and I was drinking a lot. My lifestyle was not good in terms of I was eating bad, drinking way too much. Um, so when I first got approached by Boxstar, yeah, I, to be fair, I'm not going to lie. I was like, dang, for me, it's scary. Like, why would, why would I want to get hit in the face? And then I, I, I thought about it and I was like, do you know what? Maybe this is what I need. Like, I need something that's going to give me a kick up the bloody ass because I'm I'm not healthy right now. I'm not in a good... And, and when you're not looking after yourself, it doesn't just affect your body, it affects your mindset. And I was like, I need, mm. I need something to get me motivated. I need something that's going to push me. I need a goal and I need a target. And that's why I, did, that's why I agreed to do it. And I end up falling in love with it. Like, I'm, like I've never watched boxing, do you know what? Apart from when you see the big, the big names... You know, you Anthony watch it. Joshua yeah, Annie Joshua. Tasha Fury. Yeah, so, but otherwise, I would never really consider watching a boxing match. Um, but I, ended, I literally ended up falling in love with it. I ended up doing the training and I was like, do you know what? Oh, this is so liberating. It's just, I felt, I felt empowered. I felt amazing. It gave me like confidence I never even saw. And it, I used to get anxiety. I get anxiety going to the gym on my own. Uh, I never, I, I'm, I guess I'd say I'm quite fortunate that I, I don't really, I didn't never really need to go. Um, but when I did go to the gym, I'd, I'd, I'd literally go in there and leave because I used to have to be so anxious. Um, and I guess boxing was a way for me to find a fitness, whereas, you know, you have, it's because it's, it's contact, there's someone there. or And and it just got me into a way into fitness and changing my fit, not my view on, my view on staying fit. Um and also, yeah. I think we, we, we had a conversation mm. over voice night over the weekend. Yeah. I think I think it breaks the mould. Yeah. Like, when I was, sound like a war story this, but when I was younger, when I was an amateur mm. boxer, 14, you go into that boxing club, there was no females in sight. Yeah. None at all. Oh, yeah. There wasn't even timid little kids. It mm. was mostly like kind of alpha male type mm. people. There was a few timid mm. ones, but I was probably the most timid in there. Yeah. And then when I started you know, boxing on like uh, the Queensbury League, which is now Quest, I was going back to Bromley down in my former amateur club and I walked through the door and the first thing I noticed is, fuck me, these females. <laughs> this, is, this is different. Yeah. And it's such a healthy thing because you know what? Men actually train harder. Mm. I think in a work environment, boxing or in an office, mm. they work harder when there are no females. Oh, so they need to try and press them. It's because it's like a, the thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of the man. Yeah. In, in, in that like alpha. I just think it's healthy. I think mm. they just bounce off each other. And mm. I think breaking them out is good. Mm. I think having a, a goal that you're determined to, yeah. to win and overcome. Oh, yeah. And I think opportunities are born off the back end of it. Absolutely. Tell me about your, um, your opponent. My opponent. Oh, yeah. So... What for MMA or boxing? Or boxing, boxing weekend, yeah. yeah. So my my opponent, um, L Elbrook, um, 
Do you know what? I never, I didn't know her from before, but she's, yeah, she's been quite gobby. Yeah. She's trash talking. What's she yeah. said about you? Uh, again, she's going down that troll route of calling me an old hag. Um, she's kind of quite personal as well with like being like talking about my career, but it's like, you don't know about my career. You don't know what I do apart from, you know, you don't know what happens behind closed doors. Um, so yeah, she's just trying to trash talk. She's trying to, I, get, I think she's just trying to get a reaction out of me. And I, do you know what? I don't, I'm like, why? Why do you need to be like that? Because for me, I actually do it for the love of the sport. And as I said, I fell in love with the sport. And I feel like, you know what? Yeah, I'm breaking the mold. Yeah, I feel like, why can't girls, you know, look a certain way? Or, you know, why, why why can't certain people get into boxing? I think they shouldn't be intimidated getting into a boxing mm. ring or, you know, getting going into a boxing club. But yeah, I think she's definitely trying to go down that route of the trash talk. And I'm just like, why? I'm, I'm, I've agreed to fight you. I've already agreed to fight you. I'm doing you a favour because no one else was going to fight you. So, yeah. I mean, so you don't need to come for me because you know, what, what, what's the need? Like, why are you trying to start drama when, you know, it, it just, and I think it takes away from, for me, I love the sport and I feel like it makes the sport look bad. And I'm really trying to show, for me, I'm, I want to influence girls, not even just girls, like guys that might not feel like, you know, you've got, for boys that boxers, you look at boxers and you think you maybe need to be a certain type of person. I really want to break that mold. Yeah. I really want to think, you know what, actually, yeah, no, because it's so good for you as well. Like, honestly, since 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 I've done the boxing, like, I found a new confidence. You know, you get, you, it just, it helps your self-belief, your self-confidence, you learn self-defence. And I feel like, you know, girls should get into that and not think that you have to trash talk. It's not a certain sleazy, not not sleazy, but this trashy thing where it's, it's just scary and horrible, you know, because it's not about that. The side mm. I see of boxing is, you know, you, you're determined, you're strict, you're, you know, you're, you're motivated, you know, you, you find something inside you that you dig deep and you find something inside you that I think is like really empowering and you start, you find a side of yourself that you never, you never knew you really had. Yeah. You know, like I, I didn't know I was this fit or this strong and there's just something so liberating from hitting pads and hitting bags and hearing it, hearing it crack. <laughs> I know like, what you're saying. I know what you're mm. saying. What about your, your, your sparring? What's that been like? Uh, sparring's been... <laughs> And, um, and I want to mention as well, mm. uh, big up to Jordan Reynolds, former podcast, mm-hmm. podcast guest of mine, fa- fantastic trainer, Amazing. really good guy. I mean, he's heart of gold that gives up. He is. Do you know what, Jordan, if you listen, I've, I've, honestly, I've, I appreciate it so much. He's, he's come in so last minute for me as well. As I said, I've had two weeks to prepare for this mm. fight and he's been there every single day. You know, he checks in on me um, every day, um, make sure that I'm good, make sure I'm supported. But... He has been pushing me super hard. I mean, I think we, the other day we, we, he was making me do um, hundred meter, four hundred meter sprints in a minute. I literally like nearly puked. I was like, I'm, I'm gonna be sick. Sparring the other day, I was like, I need the toilet, Jordan. He was like, I don't care. He's like, you're gonna finish your rounds. He's strict and he, and he's like, you, you can't stop on the night. So you know what I mean. You got, you got to power yeah. through. And that's the right way to be. And it is the right way to be because you, he's not gonna be easy on me. And you, and you think, you think maybe he would, but he's like, I don't care if you're a girl. I don't care. Like we want to win. He's like, no one's gonna go easy on you when you're when you're in that ring. So yeah. I've got to push you, and I, I I can't thank him enough for that. I appreciate him for that. In terms of sparring, I've been obviously I had two weeks notice. So I've sparring pretty much nearly every day or nearly every other day for the last. How you been finding it? First, Dan, Joanne, it's it is scary. It's scary getting into a ring and you. I've been sparring with different opponents as well, so you just don't know what they're going to be like and what they're going to bring or what their style is going to be like. But that's good because that again is preparing me for 
I don't know how Elle's going to fight on the night. So it's like I've kind of mm. explored all avenues. Um, but you won't see it now. I've recovered quite quick, but I've had nosebleeds. I've busted my lip open. I'll show you pictures. I've done, honestly, and then it's just that. And it's when you first get cracked in the face like that and you get your nosebleed or you get your lip split when you're like, this is actually real. It's not just yeah. hitting pads or hitting bag. It's like you know, there's actually someone who's out there to, it's either you or them. So, you know, and, and, and it's, it's crazy. So, yeah, the sparring, I've only just obviously recently just got into it and started doing it. But since I started, it's been constant. Um, but it's been good. It's been good. I'm, I needed it. I needed to get cracked in the head and cracked in the face a few times to have that reality hit me of what it's going to be like on fight night. How, um, how do you think you're going to win? How? I'll be giving away because I don't know if she's going to hear this. But um, Knockout, think- winner, winning points? Do you know what mindset? I don't know. Do you know? I'm gonna bring everything, and I feel I, I, I can't. I, I don't know because it's unpredictable. Today it's unpredictable. The night's unpredictable. I don't know what she's her fighting style is like. I can't have a, I can I can't guess, but you know I've got I've got plans for I've got contingency plans for all avenues basically. But for me, I, I don't know. If, I don't. I doubt it'd be a knockout because. She's a lot heavier than me. <laughs> so I've got obviously lighter hands, you know. So for me, it probably will be on points. Um, but don't get me wrong, when I'm in there, I've got a lot of aggression. I've got a feisty side. So yeah, look, who says, who says, I say it might not be likely because I don't want to sound like a dickhead if I don't do it. But am I going to try? Yeah, definitely. Where is it going to be broadcasted? Um, I think it's going to be, I think Kingpin's got his own uh, pay-per-view, like pay-per-view okay. link. Um, which you can find in my bio if you if anyone does want to watch the fight, um, my bio on Instagram. So yeah, that's where it's going to be broadcasted. Um, and obviously it's a live fight, but it's sold out already. So Amazing. it was sold out before I got on the card actually. So lovely. Yeah, that's another reason I was like, you don't need to trash talk me, hun. It's like the fight's sold. Hmm. Like, don't I mean people invested in watching one fight. You don't need to be yeah. a dickhead to me because if anything, it fuels me more to want to go in there and beat the crap out of you especially because I'm someone who's used to trolling I'm used to bullying and I'm you know and I've seen it and I don't stand for it and I want if anything I just want to show I want to show any of the like, anyone who follows me or, any, or anyone I can have any sort of influence and in, that bullying does not win and it fuels me more to fight harder I want to fuck her up <laughs> I'm not gonna lie <laughs> literally so she's probably my worst enemy now <laughs> I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to it I'm going to subscribe <laughs> over the weekend um I want to say thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Mm. I really would love to do a part two with you like after yeah. you've won and maybe your next move and what you're going to be doing. Because mm-hmm. um, I know it's going to influence, it's going to inspire, mm. it's going to motivate a lot of people, yeah. men and female. Um, and yeah, I think I think your journey is only, only just beginning. You're a very interesting thank person. You. You've been a great guest. I want to ask you one more question. Mm-hmm. I ask this to every single guest. Yeah. When I first started my first ever company when I was like 24, 25 years of age, mm. there was a sales company. Mm. And to motivate all the salespeople, I come up with a mantra. Mm-hmm. And the mantra goes like this, mm-hmm. be happy, never content. Mm-hmm. Now I can tell you my interpretation of it, but I'm going to ask you, AJ Bunker, what does what does be happy, never content mean to you? So I say be happy, never content is like just never settle. So if you're happy, you still got to find another a goal. So you don't want to be content and just sitting resting for me that's it that's how I take it like if you're content that's it you don't, you're, you're never going to push yourself to do more yeah. or look for more or 
find the next goal or target. So for me, that's it. It's, it's a good saying in terms of, yeah, like I want to be happy and I want to be happy what I'm doing, but I don't want to be content because I always want to find the next thing that I want to do or next adventure or next, as you say, you know, next avenue or next goal. So that's how, that's, how, that's my outlook on it. Top stuff. Thank you very much no, for your no time. It's been brilliant. <laughs> very good luck for your fight. I know Thank you don't you. need it. You've already got the personality and the attitude to, to win. <laughs> And uh, yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna be very happy when I see the outcome. Oh, All right, thank you. thank you very much, no and uh, I hope everyone's enjoyed this podcast. And stay tuned for many more guests. God bless. Thank you.